Hey, and welcome to the Stanton Law Podcast. This is your host, Josh Joel, counsel at Stanton Law. We're here today to address relevant and timely issues that are top of the mind of employers as our world continues changing. So let's dive straight in. On this week's episode, we have Mary York, who is a CEO of York Public Relations. York Public Relations is the nation's top brand awareness and crisis public relations firm, and they work exclusively with financial institutions and fintechs. We're really excited to have Mary on today because she recently forged a strategic alliance with our own David Adams, counsel at Stanton Law, to provide these fintech companies access to both crisis public relations services and experienced legal counsel to successfully navigate emergencies that come their way. So Mary, welcome to the program and please uh, tell the audience a little bit about what you do. Yeah, well, Josh, thanks for having me. This is fantastic. So, um, yeah, York Public Relations, we are a uh, brand awareness and crisis PR firm uh, specifically focused on the fintech and the financial services industry. So we work with uh, any type of organization from banks and credit unions all the way to fintech startups and some of your your big corporate Fortune 500 companies. And and what we primarily do is we help um, either navigate, a, uh, navigate them through a crisis that they're experiencing, uh, or we help repair their brand or increase their brand awareness for them, um, whether that's uh, stemming from some kind of an emergency that they had before, or if they're just looking to get more exposure. So it seems like uh, your job, probably similar to ours as lawyers, is to be somewhat of a pessimist in terms of uh, what can potentially go wrong. But when a business owner or a fintech company is thinking about uh, engaging you or talking to you, why, why is it important for a company like that to be prepared for a PR crisis? Oh, there's so many reasons. <laughs> um, you, you know, the first one is a, a crisis is going to happen. And I, I think a lot of companies think um, it, it hasn't happened to me yet. It's it's not going to happen to me. We're doing everything right. And and if it does happen, we'll deal with it then. And that's about the worst thing you, you, you possibly could do. Um, because if you don't have the crisis preparedness first and you're not prepared on how to handle it, um, it could be really devastating to your brand and also create even more liability. The other issue too is that not only is the likeliness of a crisis increasing, but it's becoming a bigger issue in terms of customer retention and also your brand reputation. So if you have a crisis, if you experience something, not only are you dealing with the liability and potential cost, potential uh, legal issues, but you're also dealing with a completely ruined brand. And once you ruin your brand, it's even more difficult to repair it. So it's really critical that you do have some kind of crisis plan in place so that you're more proactive with handling it rather than reactive. Uh, I always think about something kind of like a fire drill. When you're in school, you practice fire drills regularly. Well, very rarely do school have an actual fire, but they're prepared for it when it happens. And it's because it eliminates the chaos and the, the panic that, that comes along with having something like that happen. It's the exact same case for a crisis. You really need to be prepared. You have to be practicing for something like that to happen so that you remain calm and that you can actually navigate it uh, more appropriately and, and make sure that your brand is intact. So when we talk about a crisis that could hit a, hit a company, uh, what should the CEOs and, and business people be thinking about? Uh, obviously, it's a pretty broad term, but what are the trends? What are you seeing are the big issues that are, that are facing folks and what kind of uh, crises are they, are they coming up against? 
So there's actually really three primary issues. And the way that we look at them is, one, the the likeliness of something happening. Um, so what are the crises? What are the types of emergencies that are most likely to occur within an organization or within an industry? And then the second part is we look at what are the what is the liability? What is the um, level of exposure that this this is going to create? What what types of legal issues are is, is it going to um, result in? And then the third is how damaging will it be to your brand in other words what is the community going to think what is their concern uh, how do customers react to it how do employees react to it and so when we look at those three factors there are three primary types of organizational emergencies that come up one is a cybersecurity attack and that's something that is constantly in the news we're seeing constant discussions about data breaches uh, and it hits all types of industries but when you look at industries like the fintech space or financial services uh, it's very very likely because you're talking about people's personal information. You're talking about money. Um, so obviously, um, fraudsters out there want to get their hands on that. So it's a very huge risk and it's increasing. Just to give you an example, 2020 was the worst year on record. And that's not too surprising. It's It's gone up every year. And if you look at the numbers of records exposed, it actually went up 141%. So it was 37 billion records exposed last year. And, and that's a huge number. The second highest is going to be things like regulatory issues, compliance violations. The financial industry, as you know, is highly, highly regulated. And occasionally there are issues with non-compliance. Um, that becomes a very expensive issue. Uh, it's also a huge reason as to why customers would leave their financial institution. It's actually the number one reason. Um, so that's a huge issue that, that organizations need to be concerned with. And then the third one is actually any kind of discriminatory lawsuit or sexual harassment allegations. Uh, that's becoming uh, a bigger issue uh, with organizations across the board, but also with financial institutions and fintechs. So they really need to have some sort of plan in place for how they handle uh, any of those variety of issues. Uh, because it, if it hasn't happened to you yet, it's probably going to, and it's very likely that it, it could be one of those three uh, types of issues. So it's interesting. I, I'm primarily an employment litigator, so I deal with the, the harassment and the discrimination cases all the time. And even from my position, I would not have included that or thought that that would have been one of the top three. So that's a fascinating perspective for me uh, in terms of how that can really impact an organization. And I'm sure there's a lot to unpack there in terms of the employment angle and how, how a discrimination complaint or something like that could really affect a company's reputation uh, in the bigger picture, which is something I had not considered. Yeah. So if you look at the numbers of it, last year alone, uh, there was 68.2 million in payouts from employers. So there's a huge price tag associated with if something like this happens. But the bigger issue is even if there's no truth to it, it still creates a huge reputation issue. And it, we did a survey last year and it, it, we found out that it's actually the number three biggest reason as to why a customer would stop doing business with an organization. And again, it's, it's regardless of whether it's true or whether it's you know a false claim if it gets out there and of course you've got uh, your social media you've got Twitter you've got these you know citizen journalists who will get it even further out into the news it could really really cause a lot of issues long term for an organization so it's, it's kind of similar it sounds like in all three of these areas and in any area it's not so much whether you're right or wrong and whether you're gonna win in court but it's really about the court of public opinion 
And uh, we see that all the time in terms of the way that we counsel our clients. Uh, recognize you might be right and you might win this case, but you will lose in the court of public opinion. So I guess that, that brings me to, to the next question I have for you, which is uh, it sounds like what you're talking about is really a matter of risk management. And you're not talking about putting in place necessarily – uh, the privacy policies and the things uh, of that nature, but you're actually talking about creating a plan to be prepared if something actually happens, which is a, a totally different perspective in terms of risk management. So where should a company start when they're thinking about formulating a plan to deal with one of these three areas you mentioned or any other PR crisis? The first thing they really need to figure out is who's going to be a part of that crisis team. Uh, so obviously you're going to have your board, uh, you're going to have your CEO or the president of the company involved, you're going to have your marketing department involved. Uh, you certainly want to have your legal counsel involved. You may have an outside PR team that you want to pull in. Uh, so the first part is just really assembling who's going to be a part of that team uh, and then what does that look like moving forward? So once you have that team in place, okay, what are the what are the steps? If we if we have an emergency, um, you know, we have to have a all hands on you know deck meeting uh, to figure out what exactly is going on, and then figure out who is responsible for what components of putting together uh, kind of that that um, more um, specific plan. You can't obviously create a crisis plan um, without having the crisis in place, but you can certainly have the team assembled and have the steps for. Um, you know, figuring out what are your statements going to look like? Who who are you communicating with? How are you communicating? Uh, what channels are you going to be using? So you're talking about from the get go before anything even happens. Have a is it a written policy or is it how do you actually formulate this plan? Because obviously every crisis is different, and it seems like the first step is to have that that team in place. But what are they actually thinking about before a crisis happens to create the steps that they will follow? Uh, if a crisis actually happens? Well, they need to have kind of, it's like a guidance, almost like a checklist of things that they need to do. So the first thing that you actually do is you need to have that meeting and you need to figure out exactly what's going on before you make a statement, before you address any questions from the media or the press, uh, or even from your own internal employees, uh, you need to make sure that you gather all the facts and make sure that you have a very good understanding of what's of what's happening and then also make sure you have an understanding of what you don't know uh, and what you need to find out. Um, and then from there, you do need to have a good handle on who your company is. What is your company's value proposition? What is the mission statement? Because that's really ultimately going to drive uh, a lot of the uh, internal and external statements. What is it that you're trying to accomplish? And then um, making sure that that is part of all of the communications sent out, uh, whether it's uh, to your employees or to customers or to the community. Um, and, and so going through that process is key. And then also making sure that the spokesperson is aware of what that mission is, making sure that that person is very prepared on how to handle um, interviews, how to handle questions. Uh, so press training is, is, is very critical and something that can obviously be done before uh, a crisis ever happens, but that, that definitely needs to be a, a part of the entire plan. And how does the, the media factor into this, especially in the context of, of, of a big uh, public crisis? How does one develop a plan to deal with the media? 
So you need a couple of things in place. The first is you, you certainly need a media policy in place. Uh, you need to have a handle on who is officially going to be the person that, that speaks to the media. Who's the person that's answering the questions? Uh, and you also need to make sure that your entire organization knows what that, what that policy is. Uh, the last thing you want is a reporter calling, um, you know, a random person within the office and someone who may not be aware of the entire situation is answering questions. Uh, so you need to have a media policy in place. And then you also need to have guidance uh, for employees uh, in, in a situation like that where they know how to um, forward that on to the right person and who that right person is. Um, so certainly having a policy in place um, for who's allowed to answer questions and how they need to forward that along and, and, and who needs to um, be aware of it. And, and I would imagine that that once you get over the initial crisis or the initial acute crisis, you get to a point where you're really having to make sure that this does not affect the future of your brand or, or your company. What are the steps that uh, that these, this team should be considering in terms of the long-term impact monitoring the brand and making sure that the brand maintains its good name in, in the world out there? Yeah, so social media is a great indicator of how your brand is perceived. Um, there's a lot of media monitoring tools out there, um, but you can also just uh, you know monitor it uh, internally and see what are people saying about the company. Uh, are they talking about the specific crisis? Is it continuing to um, you know be in the conversations, or are they talking about uh, something different? Um, you know, what's the um, is it positive? Is it negative? How's the company perceived? And that gives you a good indication as to what you need to do from there. Uh, do you need to continue to address the crisis uh, or do you need to continue promoting different types of news? So one of the biggest ways of, of uh, uh, changing the conversation is to get really positive news out there. Um, so things that you know you might be doing to help the community, making sure that folks are aware of the good positive things that the organization is doing. Yeah, I can't help but think about uh, a few years ago when Volkswagen had their their crisis in the way that they were uh, dealing with with their gas mileage issues, and I think there are still people today that have a negative view of what was a, a pretty storied brand because of that crisis, and I would imagine that's something that uh, happens uh, to a lot of companies. Um, I, I, the last question I have for you is is in terms of thinking about these various steps you talked about, how much of this is something that the company has to do? today before a crisis hits and which things are the things that happen once that crisis hits and you're addressing uh, the crisis with your team. So what are the things that are from the get-go today in form formulating a policy and what are the things that you can really only deal with once a crisis hits? So um, I, I think for one, you can certainly have a very um, um, broad plan in place, you certainly can do the press training ahead of time. Uh, you certainly want to have your team in place ahead of time. And then you also want to have, uh, like I said, kind of that checklist of here are the things that, that we need to do once a crisis hits. But not only that, there are certain types of emergencies that some organizations are more likely to encounter. And so you can practice those. And that's what we call more of like a crisis drill, where you're 
you're going to actually go through a mock exercise of what it would be like to experience a crisis and then practice how you would go about uh, mitigating that and uh, correcting it. Um, so there's certainly things you can do ahead of time. Uh, what you can't prepare for are the specifics. So you're obviously not going to know kind of the, the who, what, when, where, um, the, the exact details of a particular crisis. But those are the things that you can fill in. So you just you basically have this plan and then you have all these blanks of, OK, these are the, the details that we need to make sure that we plug in to make sure that we have a good handle on what it is and what action needs to take place moving forward. Well, it certainly sounds like uh, when preparing for a crisis, uh, putting uh, a company's future in your hands is probably a very good idea because it sounds like you have a very uh, clear set of goals and a clear set of of guidelines on how to help companies work through a crisis when it comes. So I think this is a fascinating discussion, and I'm sure there's a whole lot more to unpack over here. And I'm sure folks can reach out to you on social media or check out your website and your various presentations to see more details of how they can actually uh, address or prepare for a crisis that's coming forward. So I really appreciate you coming on the program and sharing with us a little bit about what you do. And it's been great having you on. Absolutely. Well, I am thrilled to be here and I appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate you. You've been listening to the Stanton Wall Podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast to get notifications of new episodes. And follow me on LinkedIn, where I post short legal updates on a regular basis. If there are topics that you want us to discuss, please feel free to email me directly at josh.joel at stantonlawllc.com. Please bear in mind that the information we discussed today is informational only and does not constitute legal advice. If you have any legal questions or are looking for more information about any of the topics we've discussed or anything that has to do with your business, the attorneys at Stanton Law can help. Check us out at stantonlawllc.com.